What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Pass the Torch. I'm your host, Danny Healy. And today we have on one of the greatest, exciting personalities in sports, my good friend, George Niang of the Philadelphia 76ers. We were in Philly as he gave a spectacular interview on his rise in the NBA and lots more. He's truly hilarious, and I know everyone will fall in love with George after this conversation. We chat about his early days growing up in Mass and why he chose Iowa State. We talk about the G League grind prior to making the full-time leap to the NBA and what he's learned from some of MBA's biggest stars spending time in the Warriors organization and now playing with the Sixers. We talk about the upcoming season with the Sixers and why he's so excited to play with Harden and Joel Embiid. We also chat about his evolution of the Go We Can Go series on social media that has taken over every single Friday, ready to welcome on the weekend. You'll learn on this interview that George actually sparked the idea of the weekly video after following the Morning Blitz on social media and reading our newsletter. Join George and subscribe to the greatest five minutes in sports as we hit your inbox every single morning with everything you need to know about the world of sports in five minutes or less. It's SportsCenter in an email. So head to torchpro.com. Link is in the bio of this podcast and subscribe today. It's free. Why not? Today's podcast is brought to you by Roback. Roback is all we wear for a reason here at Torch Pro, whether it's editing the Blitz newsletter, hosting this podcast, a day in the water or on the links or even in the gym. When it comes to quality, these guys just get it. Quit dressing like a jabroni. Roback's new performance hoodies are a total game changer. Maybe the softest, stretchiest hoodies in the game. Plus, Roback's performance polos are the best looking and best fitting performance polo out there. So use code TORCH on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. You can thank us later. The link is in this podcast description. That's code TORCH for 20% off. Go grab your gear today. So now, get ready for a mix of great laughs and lessons on what it takes to be great. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening. Share this podcast with friends, and let's take Pass the Torch to number one on the charts. Let's go. So we are here with Pass the Torch Podcast, George. Let's go. Let's Thanks for having go. us in your home. I appreciate yeah, absolutely. it. absolutely. Beautiful spot here in Philly. Yeah. But you grew up in Massachusetts, right? I did. I did. Methuen, Massachusetts, about... Uh 30 minutes north of Boston. But if anybody asks me who isn't from Massachusetts, I'm going to say Boston. I say Boston every time. Exactly. So when did you start playing basketball and when did you fall in love with the sport? I started playing when I was like five. Um, I wouldn't say I really like fell in love with it till I was probably in like middle school. It was just one of the, I mean, I, I played a bunch of sports. I was ice hockey for really? once. Yeah. You know, that ended quick. But soccer, lacrosse, baseball. You name it, I was doing it. But obviously, you know, basketball kind of took precedent when I was like that much bigger than everybody else in both ways, like this way and <laughs> this way. So that kind of took precedent probably like sixth or seventh grade. And then after that, in high school, I went to a boarding school in New Hampshire called the Tilton School. And that's when it was kind of like taken seriously. But no, not everybody knows that like I didn't go to Tilton for basketball it was mainly because I wasn't that great of a student. And my parents were like, you need a smaller classroom. You need more attention to detail. And it was the best thing for me. And then after my ninth grade year, basketball was kind of like, this is what I want to do, at least for the foreseeable future with like college and stuff like that. Right. So you get to tell and, and did you just play basketball? Cause I do think it's important for like yeah. kids to play multiple sports, right? It, it makes you well rounded both like on the field and off, like learning to cope with different teammates and things like that. Yeah. No, I mean, especially, you know, the, the prep school deal, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different uh, hats you have yeah. to wear, especially if you're playing different sports. Like the lacrosse team is a little different than the basketball team, but I played, uh, football. For my uh, first year, my freshman year there, I was a JV superstar. 
needless to say. And then, uh, and then after that, I think I only did like, they had like options for like weight training and I did like theater. So I could literally do like 30 minutes of theater and then go join the basketball team with lifting. So after like my freshman year, basketball was kind of like the only thing, but it was, it was the best thing. So obviously like incredible career at prep school at Tillon, but what made you want to pick Iowa state? Man, I'm still asking myself that question. (laughs) No, I'm, I'll tell you this. It was a culture shock when I first got to Ames, Iowa, literally like driving on the highway when we're from, you're used to seeing all types of things on the side of the road. When you only see like cornfields as far as you can see, you're like, what the heck did I just get into? But long story short, Fred Hoiberg was recruiting me, the only uh, high major head coach to offer me a scholarship. Well, the first one, the first one to offer me a high level scholarship. And I was like, if you're going to be the first one to believe in me, then I'm going to take that and run with it. And he came to see me literally like every week, which I don't know if anybody knows what it's like to travel from Tilton, New Hampshire to Ames, Iowa. That's like a 12 hour day, literally like hour and a half to Logan. Then you got to connect in Detroit or Chicago. Then you land in Des Moines, another 45 minutes to Ames, which is an all day event. So the fact that he was doing that and I wasn't even committed showed me that, you know, I was important to him and it was the best marriage I've ever had. A decent official visit. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, it was actually a pretty crazy time. I think I went for like a football game and it was like me and a couple other recruits. That's all I really remember, but it was a good time. So they sold you there. Yeah, but they did. Again, another incredible career at Iowa State. Yeah. You go to the NBA, get drafted the second round, and it's never a sure thing in the NBA when you're a second rounder that you're going to make the squad right away. Yeah, so that's for sure. You were a two way guy for a while, G League, NBA, yeah. playing a little bit of both, but. For you, like how mentally taxing was that grind of the two-way grind, going to the NBA, coming back, oh. and playing G League games? Well, like, my, so my first year, they didn't have the two-way. So I was lucky enough. I don't know how my agent pulled it off or maybe I had a good game in summer league, but I got a, my first year was fully guaranteed. So that happened. I think I averaged like 0.7 points. My, uh, rookie, I, I don't even know how you can manage to be that bad, but I was that bad. And then I got cut. And I remember thinking to myself, like, after Summer League was over and I got injured, I was like, did I just blow, like, my only opportunity to do something that I've always wanted to do? And I ended up signing a training camp deal with the Warriors. So, therefore, they had just won a championship. I signed a deal with them that was like, I'm going to get cut, but play in their G League team. But you get the experience of, like, watching Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry. And that was like the best thing for me. And I felt like that's like where my career kind of like evolved because I was coming in, you know, I didn't really have great habits and seeing them, how they worked every day, like Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond, Katie, they all had a routine that they did every day, no matter if it was, they were feeling shitty. We, we went to China that year when they got back from China, like they always had a routine and these guys are the guys that just won a championship. So who am I to not have a routine? So that was like the first time I actually was like, all right, I'm going to come with a routine. I'm going to have my day planned out and how I can get myself better. And uh, that's what I did in Santa Cruz uh, when I was down at their G League team. And I was lucky enough, that was the year the two-way came up. So I got a call up on a two-way and um, I stuck with that routine. And Quinn Snyder, I was lucky enough, believed in me in Utah. And next thing you know, I was playing in some games and I don't know where the time went, but I'm entering year seven and it's... It's crazy. It's wild. I want to rewind a little bit back to your time in the Warriors system, learning from Katie and Draymond. So was the biggest part and biggest lessons you learned was beyond the court and like all that preparation rather than like the little tidbits to make you better player on the court? Yeah, I mean, 
so many people are so concerned in seeing what what guys are doing and like whether if it's the jump shot or this but to be honest with you i think if you're able to make it to this point everybody is talented but it's the little things like are you going to get to sleep on time are you gonna put in extra work like that's another 30 minutes but adds up over the course of a season where a lot of guys don't want to do those tiny small things because they feel like it's not important but those things end up adding up and for me over a course of time like I did all those little things and it added up for me to make a career out of it because I wasn't doing those little things and like I said 0.7 points like they weren't adding up so I just think the little things really matter. And that's something that I've learned is it wasn't the lessons like on the court or how they attacked a a closeout or a defender or how they dunked the ball. It was just their preparation. And I think the more you can be prepared for things in life, like, you know, the the more time and effort you put into things and dialed in focus, if it's not going to be the time, like how much dialed in time are you having on something that's important? I think that's what makes a successful person yeah and i think also and you're you're a humble guy so you might not say it but like you're probably one of the better teammates in the nba and we've talked to a lot of people around the league and they say the same things right and so was that a point of emphasis for you to like be a good teammate in the locker room as part of your rise in the nba you know i I think the the biggest thing for me was just trying to come to work every day and be happy I, i don't think people understand how mentally like draining you know professional sports is yeah it's luxurious you have all these nice things and you know you have a lot of financial freedom but to overall like be happy i try to keep my mood and temperament you know real high and spreading positive energy is is something that i'm i'm a full-time believer in and actually it's corny as it sounds and like mike the artist mike stud that he's i i've got to meet him when i was in college and i just thought it was super cool that he had never met me but treated me as if like I was one of his dudes. And I think the coolest thing about that is like he's blown up and gotten to be successful, but still stayed the same person. I feel like my temperament and who I am and how excited I am for other people's success is real. And I think if you can genuinely be happy for other people, like you'll never have a bad day because I don't think everybody in the world can have a bad day on the same day. So uh, that's the attitude that I try to keep. Yeah, and I recognize that. I think even when you deal with us at Torchbro, right, we we feel that from you. No, you guys are fucking pains in the ass. Yeah, I know, but you treat us us like teammates, and we we recognize that, so I appreciate that. But you said it yourself, so you're seven in the NBA, right? Yeah, entering year seven. What what is one thing that you know now that you wished you had when you were a rookie? I made a lot of mistakes probably in my career, but I would definitely say the one that, is time management. The more you play, the more opportunities you have to, you know, that come your way. And if I could go back to like year three or four is when I was starting to play and you want to like accept every opportunity that comes your way. And sometimes you, you get astray with, you know, the work and then like business opportunities. Um, so if I could do it all over again, I would definitely say focus, keep the main thing, the main thing, like focus all your time on the things that, you know, make you happy. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm a very generous person. And I'm very generous with my time. And there's some, I wouldn't say business ventures, but some opportunities that I wish I would have been like, you know what, I'm okay with, you know, not doing that and gotten more sleep or gotten to do other things. But for the most part, I would definitely say time management would definitely be something that uh, if I could look back at a young uh, 23-year-old George is what I would tell him. 
Yeah, and I think that can apply to more than just sports too yeah, in every, every facet of life. But I feel like you're probably taking on more of a leadership role in the locker room. And we we talked yeah. with uh, we talked with Terrence Mann. We had him on the pod. That's my guy. Yeah, man. the Tilton days. And yeah. so um, he mentioned you as like a role model growing up. And so for you, who are some of your role models growing up? You mentioned the Warriors guy, but I think even before that, yeah, you know, a guy that actually works with Torch Pro would know this guy, Alex Oriaki. You know, he's an original member of the Iron Crew. Which I would say that's another turning point in my career. I had just broken my foot uh, my sophomore year and uh, I had put on a bunch of weight and I had to get back, you know, to, to playing weight before. I think I had like five weeks until I had to get back for summer school. And it was um, me, Fonzie, Alex Oriaki, Noah LaRoche, Clarky, and uh, Fritchie. And we were up there and all I remember is just like every day, Monday through Friday, pushing sleds and i remember the first day i didn't think i was going to make it i remember i was doing like wall slides and i had to step outside because i thought i was going to throw up but that crew definitely like molded me into who i who i was that you know that hard work was inevitable it had to be done if you wanted to reach your goals but someone that i always looked up to another lowell native like terrence mann is is alex oriaki you know he was when i came into high school he was committed to play at uconn uconn was like a top three program in the country at that point and um, just took me under his wing was always gave me advice. He always had these like stupid, I wouldn't say stupid quotes, but quotes that like would stick in my hand. He'd be like to live like anyone else. You got to work like nobody, like just like stupid stuff that would he would say when I was like dead exhausted and didn't want to hear anything from anybody. And I would say he kind of instilled um, a work ethic in me at a young age. I was probably like 14 or 15 that, you know, why not you? Why not work harder than the next guy? Like, it's just work. And and that's really what it's come down to. And I'm about to be 30 next summer. And it's it hasn't failed me yet. So. Right. Year seven doesn't come easy. And I think like a lot of fans like take that part for granted. Like they think it just happens for athletes. Yeah, right? no, for sure. There's a lot of day to day grind that goes into that. Yeah, that no. people don't. But that's cool that seats. Terrence Mann said that. Did he really say he that? He did say that. I'm not lying. I'm going to have to send him a nice text. Yeah. Maybe a bottle of wine. Yeah, there you go. He's a great guy, too. Yeah, he's a great He's going to be good this year, I think, with the clips. But speaking of role models, and I want to flip over to the Sixers now. Yeah. Joel Embiid, we see the MVP type talent. He kind of got like screwed. I think he should have won MVP, but yeah. different story. What's he like beyond the court, right? So is he a, like a big leader in the locker room? Is he close with you guys? You know, I, I think the thing with Joel is he's um, so about his craft, right? So there's different ways of leading. Like mine would be more vocally and different things like that. But I think the way Joel leads is by his work um you know he is a such a diligent worker and there's no wasted time with him uh when he's on the court he's getting things done and i think his attention to detail um like i said with preparation is something like no other that, that i've seen and you know there's sometimes he'll do things on the court and i'll be like well why like that that was peculiar like why would you do that and then he'll break it down and explain to you like i'm trying to get this guy to go here and it's like this guy is playing a game which is hard enough to be in shape and make things happen but he's playing like a chess game within the game and i think that's super special but he is our leader we go as he goes um he's a dominant force um and i think he's evolved uh, you know since having a child um of being that uh, leadership figure that we need to to win a championship. And uh, last year I got to see him grow from what I've heard about him. And I can't wait to see his growth uh, I, this year. I think he's on the similar vein of positive vibes only. I feel like he is from he, what I see. He loves to go weekend go. Know who else loves to go weekend go? James Harden and, uh, and Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. So 
I can't wait to fire those up here in a couple. I think the entire weeks. city of Philadelphia appreciates the go. They do. Go. They do. It's it's a theme song. So for you, like staying on that theme of, of go, we can go. When was it important for you or why was it important for you to kind of invest time in that and invest time in showing your personality beyond the court? Because for me, like I, I know you is now yeah. and like you're like that. Right. But yeah. I think a lot of teams you played for those fan bases might not see that side of you so right. why was it important for you to invest that time in your personal brand um you know i think why i fit well in with philadelphia is i don't think i'm any better than the next person and sometimes that's a thing with professional athletes like i could be a guy out on the street with the rest of these people dedicated mm -hmm. fans here so I, that kind of just fit the mold and that song when it came on i remember the red Sox were in the playoffs <laughs> and you queued up a crazy video yeah. i don't know if we can bring that up or it's, throw that on it's the a screen. rated our podcast yeah we'll exactly where like you were just i woke up one time and it was friday and the red Sox had a game that day or they had the game before and we were getting ready to go into the weekend and as you know as a, a working citizen as am i that we look forward to celebrating oh, yeah, the we weekend do. so when it finally monday through friday you're grinding and then when friday finally comes you want to enjoy the weekend so when i saw you you know chirping other uh players of, yeah the yankees as you the, would have done as a red Sox yes fan. in the bullpen and then the uh, adult beverages shirt off swinging around i was like you know what i there's a part of me in that. Um, so my videos are a little PG rated, but you know, I, I just think it's the vibe. It's the energy that it gives off and you can kind of live a glimpse of relive the moments of the week. And it's, uh, it's catchy. I it love is. it. I'm what, glad that we could partner up and do that. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of my job at Torch Bro is being a small part of those productions. Oh, you're a huge part. You finally let me on your podcast and but, after me begging for three months. Yeah, but my favorite part about the series it, it's it's authentic to you. Right? Yeah, so that like I think that's important for any athlete that dives into the world of media and wants to show themselves beyond the court and who they are. It's like, you got to be authentic to who you are. Yeah. And that's the crazy part is like, I feel like if we did any more planning, it wouldn't be authentic. Cause like I'll be on the court sometimes and like run to the corner and someone on the bench will be like, it's Friday. And I'm look back. Like, I don't even know you, but now we're somehow connected, but I get a ton of compliments about them. So that is all you guys. I just fire them up with a couple crazy quotes next i'm excited to, them, to so. keep those going yeah. i saw we were out to dinner in philly over the weekend there's a bar called friday saturday sunday i'm gonna assume that was named after you I'm oh like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you didn't know i'm invested in that <laughs> no, that'd be sweet That'd but be we're gonna have we have a good yeah. batch coming this this upcoming season so stay tuned on yeah, Georgia socials. That. yes it's awesome and so i want to go back to you on the court though so you had a great season last year. I think yeah. you set the record in Philly for the most threes made off the bench. Is that right. is that a right stat? I think that is. That's the right stat. Is, so yeah. what is it about this team or this city that makes you so confident on the court? You know, I think the evolution of my game coming to Philadelphia was, you know, Doc Rivers did an amazing job of believing in me and letting me be me and grow into who I was meant to grow into. Um you know, not saying that that didn't happen in Utah, but, you know, we had other pieces that, you know, didn't really fit to allow me to, you know, be that. But um, with that being said, Doc helped me grow into the player that I was, whether that was telling me to be more aggressive or adding more to my plate to what I had to do as a player. He allowed me to do that. And I'm super thankful for him, um, you know, for that opportunity. And obviously the Philadelphia fans are, are like none other to say the least. And, uh, but I get it, you know, being from Boston, you understand, like totally. we were once those fans, like, Oh, such and such sucks. Like you get it. Like you want to see them 
do well. And when they're not doing well, you're pissed off. So I get that. And I think that gives me the confidence to realize like, Hey, I'm going to go out there and give everything I have. And I know that, that we talked about it earlier, the preparation, the work that I've put in is going to pay off. So, um, at the end of the day, I trust in my work, my preparation and good things are going to come of that. But, uh, you know, being confident just comes from the work, like I've said. And then when you get to do it in front of fans, like Philly fans that are actually super passionate about what you do, I mean, it, it takes it to a whole nother level. You had to be a little nervous game one coming into Philly in front of the fans. Oh, yeah. The, I, I remember coming in game one or preseason. Those are kind of big deals, but not really big deals. But I just remember I, tur- I shot fake, turned a, a shot down and passed it to the other team and I got tipped out of bounds and some dude stand up and was like, how about you just shoot the fucking ball? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. And then our first game at home was like against Brooklyn. And I remember like the preseason games where, you know, uh, people trickled in, but this one was like, damn, the popcorn is popping. And it was, uh, it was impressive to see what that was like. And I'm looking forward to this year because all we've done has gotten better and the expectation has gone up, but I think all of our guys are ready for that. Yeah, I think you have to appreciate the fans' passion for things oh, like that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and so I do want to dive into some rapid-fire questions. You can go one word, one okay. phrase, take as long as you want, but we'll dive right in. All right. So who was your favorite athlete growing up as a kid? Kevin Garnett. Boston. Shout out Boston. Uh, and or Tracy McGrady. Really? Yeah. Half and half. Tracy McGrady to start Kevin Garnett. I'll take that answer. Favorite athlete to watch in current day sports? Wow. That's tough. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but Tom Brady. 100%. Like, He's still going. 45. And and I know I'm only supposed to keep this out of phrase, but you like, go. you talk about like guys wanting to like win these awards to be considered the best. Like it was never that for Tom Brady. Like he was always like, I just want the best team, taking pay cuts. And now it's like he's the undisputed champ. And it's the love of the game for him. He yeah. loves the I mean, the he's game. 45. He couldn't dude. stay away after. He he's going to have more years like playing in the NFL than he is like enjoying actual life. Yeah, 100%. It's crazy. What's your favorite personal sports moment that happened to you? Um, wow. I would probably say getting drafted was up there. But, Indiana, uh, right? Yeah. Dang. I got to start having some more sports memories, but uh, I would say probably winning in the first round in Utah. That was probably like to get to be a part of like a playoff win uh, was was pretty uh, a high level feeling. I would I'll have to say that. Yeah. Favorite pregame tunnel song, not named Friday. Do you listen to that song on the tunnel? No, I only they play it every time that like I do something <laughs> I out there. So it's kind of played out for me. But um I would have to say it's something Meek Mill I, I, that he's constantly playing in Philadelphia. He's but uh, dreams and nightmares, that yes, that would be it. Yeah, that's every. I feel like that's getting played all the time. I, I'm a big like me, like pregame podcast guy. Yeah. Like I get up fired up for these things. Yeah. And dreams and nightmares on my way here was the one. That that's was your listening that was to. The pick. Yeah, speeding through the streets of Philly. Yeah, exactly. Best cheesesteak in Philly. Oh, I mean, I, then we. You got to, I mean, we, we whoever did, hasn't watched we the Yank did, time. Yeah, seriously. Episode Delisandro's, hands down, no questions asked. You can get it loaded or whatever. Whiz, they don't do whiz with it up there, but if you want peppers, onions on there, they'll even throw some ketchup, mayo. They'll, they'll make it happen for you. But Delisandro's is number one. Ain't even close. That was my favorite episode of uh, Niang time was the cheesesteaks. 
Yeah, no. For sure. I, I probably indulged in 4,000 calories that day, <laughs> so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Who is the most athletic player on the Sixers? Tyrese Maxey. Maxey. Oh, Matisse Thybul. Really? Yeah. 1A, 1B. He's a D guy. Yeah. yeah. Are you more athletic than fellow New Englander Duncan Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I can laugh at myself because, uh, so I'll let Duncan have that because I really, I know if I said me, he'd be super butthurt about it, but I do think me, but I'll say him. I do think you, but I, I would like to see a combine. Really? Like a Niang Robinson torch pro combine. Like vertical sprinting. Yeah. Like not much basketball involved, like, but that type of stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, who do you pick? I picked you. Don't just say that. To no, I I swear. I think I think you're a better athlete wow, than Duncan. Sorry, Duncan. Lo- you might have lost a friend. And Duncan, I love you, but I think George is more athletic. One on one, you or Terrence Mann? What? Who did Terrence Mann say? Who do you think? Of course, Terrence Mann said Terrence Mann. You know, we actually, I came back from college and played pickup at Tilton while he was there as a high schooler, and he made it like a precedent to like go at me and I just thought I was going to be in there cruising and he like one point drove and like made me fall and I could just see like him in his eyes being like oh like it's not that big of a deal yeah. but no I'm taking me every time all right I like it. 100% two more here what is your biggest fear I don't want to get too deep and uh, get here, deep. but um I would have to say dying would probably be up there that'd probably be one it's fair um and or like uh, heights. I'm not really a big heights guy. Me too. So I would. I say spiders usually. Yeah. I guess I really took that too deep by saying dying. <laughs> no, <laughs> I like s- the way you went. <laughs> Holy smokes. What is one word that best describes you? Oh, you're only going to give me one word? Only one. Could we mix like three? Like obnoxious, hilarious. But I'll just say outgoing, funny. I'll take Life of, of the party. I like all those. that in a one. You could say Friday. Vibes. There you go. Um, well, no, I appreciate your time today, George. We have one final question. We talked a lot about different themes you learned throughout your career. Yeah. But what is that one lesson that you learned throughout your career and your journey that you could pass along to the next generation, pass the torch to help them accomplish their dreams? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something that's a quote that I live by, you know, every day. There's no elevator to success. Like you have to take the stairs. And I think it's self-explanatory. Like, you know, if you're going to expect things that are going to be worth having to come easy, then it's going to be a failure. But if you're going to work hard and have days where you don't believe in yourself and have to grind and work through things and you're going to achieve success, that's all going to be worth it. And you're actually going to feel fulfilled rather than being uplifted like an elevator to success. You actually have to grind it out and put sweat equity into those stairs um, to be successful. So like I said, there's no elevator to success. Uh, you have to take the stairs. The harder you work, the better it's going to feel when you uh, achieve success. Can't beat hard work. Exactly. Well, I appreciate it, George. We Absolutely. finally got you here after begging. You were begging. Seriously. Uh, seriously. Well, I thank appreciate you. it, man. No, thank you guys for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's interview with George. As I mentioned, he's an easy guy to root for. He's hilarious. He'll make you laugh. But he also gave some great life lessons from his basketball career that could be applied to everyday life. So go follow George on Instagram. You'll love his weekly Go We Can Go videos that we help produce. They're just 
absolutely incredible way to start your weekend. Stay tuned as we have another great guest next week for Pass the Torch. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening. Like this podcast. Share it with friends. We continue to grow. We are super excited about what's been going on here at Pass the Torch and with Torch Pro and beyond. So do that, but also do us a favor and go subscribe to our Morning Blitz Daily Sports Newsletter, the greatest newsletter in sports, the greatest five minutes in sports. It's everything you need to know about the world of sports and what happened the day before in five minutes or less delivered right to your email inbox. So do what George does, do what all the other listeners do, and become a pro, become the smarter sports fan, and subscribe to the Morning Blitz today. Link is in this podcast description. And we will see you next week. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.